Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning back in today. You can always find us, of course, over at pathtozion.com, our YouTube channel, Facebook. Um, the, the audio portions of these um, videos are all over the place at, at pretty much any audio app or program that you can find. And so if you want to listen to them in audio only so you don't have to look at me talk, then that's acceptable and fine. Now, I will say real quickly before we get started on today's uh, point that we want to discuss, um, I had mentioned in just a very brief phone recording that I did the other day that I'm going to be working on what I'm going to call 10 for 10. Now, those are almost ready and in order. Um, and, and what we're going to talk about today was originally going to be one of those parts, um, one video dedicated to address for 10 minutes, um, and hence the 10 for 10. If you didn't see that video, I'm gonna, my plan is to do 10 10-minute 10 videos in 10 days that, that come out in an, in an order. Um, and so as I tried to get this one down and, and condensed into a potential 10-minute format, it actually got longer. Um, it, it actually, I added two more pages instead of removing, and so I just... I cut that out of the consideration, and I just said, you know what, this has to be a standalone, probably two-part series, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be in John chapter 10, only two verses for our primary text, verses 1 and 2, and we're titling this One True Shepherd, and and a little bit of an emphasis on the word true, One True Shepherd, and and what we're going to talk about here to uh, start this conversation is going to be something Yeshua said as he's speaking of, of this parable of a good shepherd. And we, we know, of course, this is one of the, the titles, one of the functions of, of Messiah that we're given in the Word, is that he is a good shepherd. And um, a lot of different metaphors and um, parables that are using this shepherd and sheep understanding and sheepfold and and so that's going to launch us into a discussion. And I will say this at the very beginning. If you are a, a general, wide-way um, Christian who just believe in, in, in mainstream Christian doctrine, this is going to be very offensive today. Um, there, there's no way around it. I don't want to sneak it up on you and surprise you later. And so I'm just going to tell you now in humility that this will be very, very offensive to your belief system and how you see Yeshua, Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And um, I just don't want to surprise anybody for shock factor. I'm just going to tell you that at the very beginning. The reason, though, is not, not merely for the offense factor of getting your attention and telling you something you don't know, but um, and, and actually because of the fact that I believe that we are seeing the, the modern-day religions and doctrines of men literally fulfilling the prophetic warnings that we have in the Word towards um, these false shepherds. Um, And so without really rambling and and trying to summarize, we're just going to get to it right now in John chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. And uh, we will will discuss um, this text and then add another 12 to 15 other Bible verses, texts, uh, about the same theme I will present. So, um, John chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. It's going to take us about 20 seconds to read, of course. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the door, who does, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. 
Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. Okay? And so Yeshua is talking. He, he begins this little section here of what's recorded in, in John. Um, the one who doesn't enter by the door into the sheepfold, but instead climbs in some other way, this one is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. And so I'm reading that days ago, and I'm just thinking through that. And in my mind, I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't reading the text properly, and I wasn't giving it a, uh, enough attention. And so I, in my head, I was thinking of sheep that were in the sheepfold that shouldn't be there, that got there in some way other than through the door. And like, well, I'm asking myself, how did they get there? What are they doing there? How, how were they allowed in? How were they allowed entry? Um, and so I'm texting a couple brothers about this, and, and you know, very quickly they kind of asked me to look at the text a little bit clearer. And this is issue, this is an issue that's not about the sheep specifically. This is about shepherds. This is about a a a shepherd who goes in the only way you are to go in, the only way that is acceptable, which is through the door. And then you have those false shepherds who are within the sheepfold. But they went in some other way. They climbed in another way. They found access through um, a way that was not acceptable to go through the door. And so anyone could say when we read this text and if we kept reading about the good shepherd, um, anyone could say, well, well, big deal. The Yeshua is simply stating a fact. He is the good shepherd. He is the right shepherd. Um, and that's it, right? Well, well, that is true. Of course, he is saying that, and he goes on to elaborate towards these things. But he says so much more. If we sit and pull up a chair and think through with our spiritual man eyes, what more is going on here? What is being said and what other scriptures come to mind and what other ones don't that we find when we uh, apply ourselves to study the word? What is going on and what is Yeshua saying? And we have to step back and ask ourselves, what is a shepherd that goes in some um, unapproved way? What, what is a shepherd that is within the sheepfold, but he's not in there the way that is right and acceptable and, and pure and true? And, and so we, we know that this would be a false shepherd, a false Messiah, one who is who is not in there for the good of the sheep, as this parable gets to, and we will elaborate as we go on. Now, I want to jump all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 13. For those of you who, who watch this program and, and know way more than me, you're already in you know, the 10th grade, and I'm in the 2nd, maybe on a good day. You'll already know this, but I only came upon this only a couple years ago about this criteria that's found in, in the Torah, in Deuteronomy chapter 13, where we read of what became known as the necessary criteria for the Messiah, okay? And it states this in part. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder that which he tells you to come to um, and if it comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other Elohim, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For Yahweh your Elohim is testing you. He's testing you, why? To know whether you love Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after Yahweh your Elohim and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And you shall serve him 
and hold fast to him. Okay, so right at the very beginning, we have to plant this seed of thought and consideration that this is the foundation we're going to build this upon entirely. Is right here. Um, as we springboard off of these two texts that we've read in John chapter 10 about a shepherd who shouldn't be amongst the sheepfold, but he found his way in. Um, and this Deuteronomy chapter 13 criteria for a true shepherd, a true Messiah, a true prophet, okay? So basically, we, we see this biblical criteria because the word has to agree, and we have to see what it says in multiple witnesses, multiple accounts that agree all the way across the timeline of these, these teachings that we have um, read and, and inherit as truth, okay? And so, if this prophet or dreamer of dreams, now he comes along and he gives a sign and a wonder, and this comes to pass, but he says, let us go after other Elohim, and most importantly, it says this is a test for you to see if you love Yahweh, your Elohim, with all your heart and with all your soul. <coughs> you shall walk after Yahweh, your Elohim, and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and you shall hold fast to him. Do you see a pattern already being instated all the way back in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 13? Okay, so in other words, when a prophet, when a messiah, when a dreamer of dreams comes on the scene and he's doing all these things that come to pass and he's telling you whatever he's telling you, unless he tells you, unless he points to the Father, to Yahweh, your Elohim, for every single thing, don't follow this man. Don't follow this anti-messiah, this false prophet, okay? Why? Because he must, according to the criteria, and this is in other places as well in different ways, he must point to walk after Yahweh, your Elohim. He must point you to fear Yahweh. He must charge you to keep Yahweh's commandments. He must tell you to obey Yahweh's voice. He must... Um, tell you to only serve Yahweh, and he must tell you to hold fast to Yahweh, okay? So we have, why am I saying all this and like being a little bit redundant? We have to understand that the, the biblical criteria for a Messiah, a true shepherd, the capital T, capital S, the shepherd, must point to the Father and point to the Father's commands. They must say, Every single thing is about my father. It's all about him. It's all about him. Don't worry about me. Look to him. And I have to say this in case anyone's a little bit slow in tracking with what I'm saying. Christianity's Jesus does not do this. Christ, the, the, the Messiah of Christianity that I knew for 46, 45 at least years of my life, the majority of my life, did not point to the father. Everything pointed to to Jesus. Jesus now is the Elohim. And we'll get to all that. I remember I have that in my notes coming up here before long. don't want to get ahead of myself. So it was well known that any man that came and claimed to be a prophet of Yahweh, the Messiah, the shepherd, absolutely must not lead people away from Yahweh's commandments. No matter how great the sign or how great the wonder may be, okay, it doesn't matter what's happening. <laughs> 
If he leads you anywhere but to the Father, according to biblical criteria, he is false. He is not the shepherd who enters through the door of John chapter 10, verse 2. Okay? He is false, period. If he does not lead you to the Father and his commandments, his ways, okay? To make the connection to our text today between Deuteronomy 13 and, and John chapter 10, the one who leads anywhere else who is, is anywhere else but to the Father and his commandments, I would propose, and we're going to unpack this for, for a good long while here in just a little bit, is one who has snuck into the sheepfold in a way that he should not be there in order to steal and deceive the sheep. What do sheep do, friend? Sheep follow. Sheep follow. Okay? Every one of us are following someone, something. We're all following something. The world is following the patterns of the world, the ways of the nations. Much of Christianity is doing the exact same thing, but it's doing it under the guise of grace and freedom in Jesus. Everything is holy now. Everything is sacred. Everything has been redeemed. Nothing matters anymore. There are still some sin issues, black and white, but it's coming more and more gray with each passing moment of the day. No one argues that point, but why is that? The, the false shepherd, I would promote, is for your consideration, could it be Christianity's Jesus, is saying, you know what? All of those commandments of my Father, they just don't matter anymore. Follow me. Follow me. Be like me. And friend, here's a real, if we're going to, to only stick to Scripture and not, not religious doctrine, okay, we have to be concerned about how we live, what we do, what we don't do, what is right, what in the world is sin. Well, the Bible says in the Newer Testament that lawlessness is sin. Sin is lawlessness. We're not even going to touch on that. That's a whole other issue. I would submit that this is what Shaul Paul was speaking of in several of his letters. As we see, we'll read a couple. 2 Corinthians chapter um, 11. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his trickery, your minds will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to Messiah. Okay? For if one comes and preaches another Yeshua, another Yeshua, a different Messiah, a false shepherd, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, this you tolerate very well. Okay, so what, what's going on? Shaul Paul's concern is that these people are already engaging and following after a false doctrine, a false Messiah that said what? There's a new way to walk now. Forget and abandon Yahweh's Torah. Forget his commands. They don't matter anymore. This new Messiah, the new Messiah, the new shepherd, has come in and say, you know what? It's all about me now. It's all about me. Me and the Father are the same, which we'll tackle that as well, Trinitarian doctrine. And so, hey, I'm his replacement now, is, is very loosely what we could say we have been taught. No one would argue that point. God has become man now. He's the mediator between us, yes, but that doesn't mean he's a replacement of the Father in any way. I would not propose uh, scripturally at all that that is true. Galatians chapter 1, verse, I don't know. I don't have the verse in here. <laughs> I'm sure my wife will add it uh, to, to the program. I'm amazed that you're so quickly deserting him, capital H, him, Yeshua, 
who called you by the grace of Messiah for a different gospel, which is not just another account. In other words, it's not just a different telling of the gospel. It's different entirely. But there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Messiah. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel that is contrary to what we've preached to you, what were they preaching, friend? (laughs) What did the new church on the other side of Pentecost, what were they doing? They were going to the synagogues. They were hearing the Torah read. They were hearing the prophets declared. They were listening and learning the ancient way principle that we're told in the word that we are supposed to find and then walk in. That is what these, these individuals were doing. The revelation of Messiah had come. He, the, the true good shepherd had come, and they were living in that wonderful age of moving into the beginnings of the new covenant that was prophesied in Ezekiel and in other places in the Old Testament, of course. And so he continues on. As we have said before, even now I say to you again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, he is to be accursed. So if there's a gospel that comes on the scene, and friend, the gospel was preached to the in, back in the prophets. The gospel was preached to Abraham. The gospel was preached as far back as when it was necessary. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there is no new gospel to be unearthed, okay? Even when Paul is revealing the fullness of the gospel, it was not some new idea that had never, ever been prophesied or else the prophets wouldn't be prophets. <laughs> the prof- Nothing happens unless first declared through the mouth of a prophet because it's well announced to a prophet. It has to come through the prophets to become an announced, proclaimed gospel of the Newer Testament. It has to, they have to be the same. They have to agree. Even Yeshua says that, and we'll get to that, how it's prophesied that he's a fulfillment of all these things that preceded him. Matthew chapter 24, Yeshua speaks to this Torah text when he said, For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and will provide great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. To what Torah text? The Deuteronomy chapter 13 um, reference that we have already made. He says it basically word for word. Hey, hey, guess what? False messiahs and false prophets are coming. And they're going to have great signs and wonders. Yeshua said what? Look, you're, you're prophesying or you're casting out demons in my name. You're doing all these wonderful things in my name. But friend, I never knew you. You were taken out of the sheepfold by the false shepherd, the false Messiah. Doing signs and wonders. Again, Deuteronomy 13 references, even if somebody comes and they're doing signs and wonders and all these things, if they're leading you away from the commandments of Yahweh Elohim, you better run like the wind. But here we are today in a charismatic, Christian, feely, experiential gospel where the only way people will ever know if God is real is if they feel a buzz from Holy Spirit when people play the right chords in a music gathering. And people are swayed by a false gospel, a false Messiah. And we're going to drive this home here probably in part two. I ran across some stuff scripturally that talks about this point that I'm making right here that is very, very, very deep and helpful for us so that we do not be, um, we are not deceived, okay? And so Yeshua says this. I believe he's talking about the Deuteronomy 13 text. Um, He's agreeing with it, and he is saying also a warning. False messiahs and false prophets are going to come. 
and they're going to perform great signs and wonders. And guess what? Even the elect, if possible, are going to what? They're going to be in the sheepfold, and they're going to follow a false messiah out into a place of danger, a place of death, a place of, of being destroyed. Okay? We know the messiah is simply, in the Greek, anointed one. Okay? The, the messiah is the anointed one. So these who come in a backwards way, an unauthorized way, they have and walk in a false anointing. Yahweh or Yeshua Messiah walked in a true anointing. He was the anointed one. The anointed one. Okay? These others, to use the word correctly, they walk in a false anointing. And keep in mind, again, signs and wonders will, will accompany these, will accompany this false false one, false messiah. Coercion, manipulation, and false leadership lord over the masses and the non-discerning sheep follow. Now, be careful. I'm not talking about pointing out bad pastors and that bad evangelist and that prophet and we're going to name names and all that. This is not about individuals. That's too easy. We could do that all day. I could create a channel calling out false teachers, false prophets, and I could really enjoy it because I have that side of me that gets that way. But this is much bigger. This is something that encompasses the whole. All of these false prophets, all of these religions that have diminished Yahweh and his commandments and exalted Jesus, the, the eradicator of the Torah, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm addressing, and this is huge. This is something massive that encompasses a large movement and religion itself, which is a leading away of those within the sheepfold, okay? By what? Coercion, um, deception, lies. And we're going to cover how this, this points all the way back to creation. This is no new idea. And again, they walk in a false anointing. How many times have we heard that word, depending on what flavor of Christianity you've been in in your life, probably 30 like me, Oh, he's so anointed. Oh, she's so anointed. Oh, the anointing is in the room. Oh, oh, the anointing. Friends, I'm just telling you, I look back on my own life and I think sometimes I think this is a false anointing. Not always, not everything. But when I scrutinize things through the word, I'm like, that is, has nothing to do with the scripture. That had nothing to do with anything that, that has any bit of credibility according to the word. Anointing can be false. And we need to talk about that. Um, again, we see that this is exactly like the non-believing leaders that Yeshua confronted and called out. Okay. So, Yeshua, he's having this dialogue with the non-believing leaders. He has this discussion with his disciples, with gathered crowds endlessly. Example, Yeshua entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it, and this is why this is in here, a den of robbers and thieves. <coughs> a den of robbers and thieves. I think his, his wording here is, is very specific. This is Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13. Now this was more than just mere bad behavior um, this was a defiling, <coughs> a defiling of his father's house. Its purpose of what they had made the, the house of Elohim, 
had become vain and corrupted of no effect. We could use the word that Yeshua used a lot when talking about their own traditions, their own goings on made, made Yahweh's plans of no effect. Okay. Because those who oversaw it set aside its proper function and purpose, that being the house of his father. In several verses after today's main text in, in, um, in John, um, we've read 1 and 2. This is 8 through 10. Messiah continues, and he says this, Truly I say to you, I'm the door of the sheep. All who came before me are what? To make our connection, they're thieves and robbers. Okay, we just see him talk about this, about you've, you've made the house of prayer a den, a home, an abode for robbers and thieves. So here it is again in our text, our primary text from today in John chapter 10. He says this again. Um, he's the door of the sheep. All right. He's already gone through the door and he became the door. We'll talk about that upcoming as well. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door, says Yeshua. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So here we are again, the connection, thieves and robbers, steal, kill, destroy, the purpose and the function, whether deliberate or not, of the false messiah, of the false messiah doctrine, of ones who are false shepherds is to steal, kill, and destroy and remove from the covering safe place from the one true shepherd. Okay? Now, historically, false messiahs were always coming around. Everybody knows that if you do any kind of Bible history study at all. I would suggest that this has not changed whatsoever. And what I'm going to present here in part two is, is going to hurt, um, as I've already said. Um, I had to face it myself and come to the other side... Um, I don't know, years ago, not real long ago. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and end it here because you're going to need to get a, a a cup of coffee and maybe something to snack on to brace yourself for something that, that is very offensive if it's new to you. And I, I don't like saying it. I don't enjoy delivering it, but I feel compelled. And so we're going to tackle that here um, in the upcoming part. Is we're talking about what? One true shepherd. There's one shepherd who goes through the door rightly and then becomes the one who is authorized, if you will, and qualified to become the shepherd that, that all others must come through to get to something, to get to somewhere, right? What is that? Who is that? We're going to talk about that as well in part two. And so come back, won't you, if you can handle some biblical truth that may sound a little bit different than what you've heard in the past or what you agree with. And so you are watching the Path Design Podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for watching. We will be back for part two right after this. Amen.